Welcome to episode 12. Today on Life in the Front Office, I'm your host, Jake Kirschman, and today we're going to twist it up a little bit. Fred, Andy, and Pat are on vacation, and we are going to talk about student-athletes, the job force afterwards when they are done competing, and working for a company that is trying to help student-athletes take their experiences and use them in the workforce. So today we've got CEO of Athlete Network, Chris Smith, on on the line, as well as their VP of Partnerships, Brett Fuller. Guys, good morning. And Chris, we want to start with your background, kind of where you come from and, you know, how Athlete Network got started, and then we'll kick it to Brett. Yeah, awesome. Um, I'm originally from the great city of Hawaii, where I grew up playing just about every sport you could, uh, with even a competitive sailor out there. Ultimately, ended up playing football at the University of Hawaii for three years, and uh, my coach got fired, which led for a transfer uh, myself to Missouri State, where I played my senior year and graduated. Um, after graduation, I went to work for two different Fortune 500 companies in Wells Fargo and Eli Lilly, and that's really when the idea of Athlete Network kind of popped in my head. Um, I was fortunate to have a dad that was always on me about transition. He played football at the University of Maryland, and uh, we both kind of knew that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete and there was going to be life after sport. And I took the same discipline and work ethic I put into football into my job when I was at Lilly and started to rise the ranks and my bosses would always say, hey, what are you doing? You know, why are you successful? And my answer was always pretty simple. I just said, look, I work hard, I want to win, and I'm coachable. Um, and then they said, well, how do we find people like you? I said, target former student athletes. Um, help them kind of develop a plan doing that. And then an entrepreneur kicked it in me and said, you know, why can't we build a community that helps athletes uh, with that transition to their next phase in life? Oh, that's awesome. And Brett, you know, how did you get involved in Athlete Network and kind of what was your path to get there? Sure. Uh, just uh, just past my one-year anniversary at Athlete Network, it's been a great ride, but I've spent my entire life in the sports world from the time I was a student athlete at the University of Kansas to uh, working at the University of Kansas, then, you know, stops along the way with, um, you know, the world of sponsorships with Sprint and a lot of activity, um, consulting, uh, relationship building, networking, and professional uh, professionally in the world of college athletics. Um, so I've always been in and around the world of um, athletic directors and athletic departments. From a relationship perspective, it was a good fit with where Athlete Network is going and some of our new initiatives. Um, so for me, it's been a culmination of, uh, of a long career working in and around sports with an emphasis in college athletics that brought Chris and I together about a year ago. Oh, that's great. And I'm sure you guys enjoy working together and, and are doing great things over there. Talk a little bit about what you guys are doing, some of those initiatives, and, and really where it's going. Chris, if you want to kick it off. Yeah, so for the last decade, we really focused on helping athletes transition from, uh, from playing their sport to their professional career. And our company's really evolved. We learned through all of that help that a lot of athletic departments and sports organizations, they have all these services available for their athletes. They want to continue to 
stay in touch with their alumni athletes, but there really isn't a platform that brings that cohesiveness of all the services in one spot where they can promote um, the different services to the right athletes and then track it with analytics. So what we ended up doing was building a platform that organizes, promotes, and tracks all the different services among all the different teams in one network. And what that outcome does is it enhances the current athlete's experience. Does it kind of keeps it cradle to grave. It, it helps the athletes get internships and in their first job. Then it helps the athlete become a mentor. Um, all of the athletes have access to different services, whether it's career services, ticket requests. A lot of schools are posting workouts for former athletes um, to, to just about anything you can think of. So it, it kind of rekindles that affinity with their alumni and ensures that the athletes always are being supported uh, well after their playing days. No, that's that's awesome. And I know... You know, for for Brett, your career kind of started in the sponsorships space, and after being a, a student athlete, can you talk a little bit about the experience of actually working, you know, outside of the athletic department, but really still in sports? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's always it was always a career dream goal of mine to to stay in the world of of sports marketing um a couple zigs and a couple zags along the way but um you know being in college athletics and then being in the sponsorship world with a fortune 100 company was um was really interesting and and there's no way to get away from college athletics we sponsored um different athletic departments we you know in the world of branding and sponsorships and inventory of b2b b2c and things like that there was there's always a you know there's always a kind of a an interaction um from sponsorship perspective with all of sports but particularly in college athletics as well so i've been able to kind of leverage that that past and that history um and now in the world of what we're doing with sponsorships it's still about return on investment you know every dollar is precious um, you'd be able to look at a, at a budget and to be able to look at a balance sheet and try to figure out, all right, how can we leverage our investments? How can we leverage the inventory? How can we find a return on investment? Whether that's a sponsor, whether that's an athletic department, those, those guiding principles still exist on how to maximize, you know, a budget or to maximize those dollars. And so the sponsorship world and what we're doing at Athlete Network, there's a quite a bit of overlap. People want a return on investment. Um, people want to maximize their budgets and um, you know so that's kind of how it's you know it's kind of kind of tied together uh, different aspects of my career and where we are today sure and and return on investments kind of a, a, a phrase or a term that's that's used actually quite often but Chris I'd almost flip it to you and say these athletes and I should say student athletes have such an investment in their time right that they put all this effort in and, and time into being a student athlete and everything that that becomes of it. Um, how do they make the the best ROI on their time and, and their experience to then help them transition uh, out into the world? Yeah, so it, it's all about education, right? The athletes, when they're competing in sports, are acquiring so many traits and non-cognitive skills like coachability. Uh, resiliency, time management, and what everybody knows is that the more uh, well-rounded an athlete is, the, the less distractions they have, the better they're going to perform. 
So from, from an all-life athlete and the school, what we're accomplishing is we're ensuring through data and analytics that athletes are involved in the right services to achieve their life skill goals. So, you know, if you're a junior or senior and you need to start building your resume, um, get that athlete an internship so they're prepared. So many employers will tell us we love the competitiveness, we love the drive, but there's just nothing on the resume besides their sport. And we're just on this relentless pursuit to create a more well-rounded student athlete so when they graduate, they can get a meaningful job. There's not this gap of three to four years where they're kind of in a funk figuring life out. And then once they get that job, especially when the school provides it for them, they feel embedded, right? And it comes full circle. They then become a mentor back to the school. It helps with fundraising. Um, and it really kind of makes that ROI a tangible result where you, you can show through data all the accomplishments of the athlete and it's very easy to show how they accomplish it through the support of the school yeah no i mean in terms of being able to go out and get that internship it, obviously it's not the easiest thing right but uh brett what are maybe some tidbits of advice that you'd have for for those student athletes that are tuning in or, or people that are trying to help student athletes uh whether they mentor them on the side or, or whatnot uh, what might be some some pieces of advice on how to get that internship, uh, what to look for, and, and how to prepare for it? Sure. I think the number one thing student-athletes need to do is take advantage of the opportunities that are around them. I think, unfortunately, the student-athlete time management and the pressures on them, whether it's traveling, missing classes, it could be, you know, a relationship, it could be, you know, hey, I gotta go home for Thanksgiving to see my family. And then, you know, just the, the time spent on the practice field, you know, and I know the NCAA has limitations and things like that, but, you know, it's hard for student athletes to be aware and have the time to leverage and take advantage of all the opportunities that are around them, both within the athletic department, academic support, um, you know, life skills class, the champs department, all of those different things. Uh, unfortunately, the onus is a little bit on the student athlete who is very busy, very preoccupied to take advantage of those opportunities. And they also have to realize that their resumes um, and being a student athlete, um, Chris has kind of alluded to it, um, inherently brings talents and skills to the table. Um, so going out there, putting yourself out there on a resume, um, doing the doing the work at the right time of the year with the support of your academic advisor to apply for those opportunities in the summer, to take advantage of maybe relationships that the athletic department has um, in the community. Um, you know, so it, it takes effort, it takes work, and for some students, they you know at the end of the day they may they may be exhausted. It may not. Um, it may be hard to prioritize. You know, staying up that extra hour, doing that extra. You know leg work in between practices, training table, and you know, studying for a test. Um, but I would say that most athletic departments provide a lot of opportunities, um, and unfortunately, the you know, the burden sometimes falls to the student athlete that they're just going to have to go the extra mile. But what they what they have as a carrot is that there's a lot of people out there that find hiring student athletes to be advantageous fruitful and you know a target for them so if they put out the work i think they'll see the results 
um, but they may have to spend some extra time um, both in the athletics department with academic advisors, counselors, champs programs, things like that, maybe even up on campus and, you know, unfortunately just have to go the extra mile. But I think once they do that, um, they'll find it extremely fruitful because there is an appetite out there for the industry, as Chris has alluded to, um, whether it's an internship or full-time job after graduation with employers who want to hire athletes. Well, and even within athletic departments, right, where they're almost on familiar ground. I mean, talk a little bit about some of the trends you're seeing uh, in athletic departments as you've been talking to them uh, for the last year and, and so on. Uh, about you know what they look like from a structure perspective and and things that they're trying to do uh, to help you know impact student athletes. Brett. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you know the trends. We we've talked about a couple of them, but I'll point them out specifically is enhancing the student athlete experience. You know we want a well-rounded. Uh, appreciative, thankful student athlete when they graduate. So there the burden is on the athletic department with some of the things I just just discussed to to provide the services, make them available, make it convenient, um, not making them you know go to the other side of the campus or you know exhausting you know more effort to to reach and to find those services. So. You know, one trend that you will see is that, you know, how are we enhancing the student-athlete experience? How can we um, do more with less? Or do we need to hire an extra staff person? Um, You know, how are we dealing with mental health issues? Do we have a person on staff um, medically trained to deal with those type of things? So one trend that, you know, everybody calls a little bit something different, but, you know, is is a priority is, graduating athletes that are going to contribute to society when they don't go pro that are well-rounded and that are coming out with um, the right skill sets the right knowledge and the right understanding how to be successful and how to transition and take the things that they've learned in those four or five years on campus out in the real world so one trend is definitely you know, enhancing the student athlete experience and having an outcome based goal of what our student athletes look like when they graduate. Um, it's not, it's not how many championships did they win? How many, you know, baskets did they make or goals did they score? But defining and measuring, um, the successful outcome when, you know, they're kind of coming out the other end of the conveyor belt after four years. So, you know, that is a, a huge focus. Um, of, of every athletic department um, right now, and we're, we're not going to see that change anytime soon. And that's, you know, that's with a, that's my thoughts on, you know, the current undergrads and, you know, what's going on with uh, the student athletes on campus. Chris, do you see anything, you know, different uh, or unique in, in athletic departments across the country uh, that you've discovered? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's the double-sided, uh, double-edged sword of technology. Technology has created the ability to bring so many services and opportunities to the table. Uh, the problem is most technology is just a tool, and what you're seeing happen is these athletes are being asked to join all these different um, platforms just to execute on one tool and uh, one outcome. And I think, I think trends in athletics, they realize these have to be centralized. We can't expect student athletes to have 20 different accounts 
um, to access 20 different tools. It's, it's got to come under one umbrella, one platform. And if you don't do that, you're going to have adoption fatigue where your athletes and your alumni just aren't going to do anything. So, you know, it's interesting because this is all happening relatively fast. A lot of, uh, uh, athletic director level positions or senior staff um, don't necessarily come from the best tech backgrounds and they're being forced to understand technology at a rapid pace because that's where everything's going. Uh, so I think I think that that trend of the whole staff understanding the availability of tech um, and the outcomes it can produce is a trend that uh, you know, we, we deal with every day when we're talking athletic departments. Well, and, and the technology, I'm sure there's some successes and failures, you know, amongst the departments, the staff, the student athletes and the implementation of it. Um, but I want to kind of backtrack a little bit to, you know, you guys starting Athlete Network. It's obviously was an entrepreneurial effort. Uh, and for those that are wanting to work in sports, but maybe don't necessarily dig the the desk job per se, uh, but want to be more entrepreneurial. What are some of those opportunities out there? And what are the things that you maybe learned uh, lessons as you kind of went through this, this whole process, Chris, of, of creating Athlete Network? And then Brett, the, the follow-up would be, what have you learned over the last year of being part of an entrepreneurial uh, company comparative to, you know, the, the experiences that you had in, in sports sponsorship prior? Yeah, I mean, being an entrepreneur, you're you're trying to make something better. You see a problem, and you're trying to bring a, a service to solve that problem. Um, along with that journey comes a lot of frustration, um, and it takes a lot of time. So, you know, I think for me, I was glad the path I went. I went and worked for some really big companies and got to learn a lot about why they were big and successful, but also a lot of things I didn't care for about being in that environment. Um, and then, you know, building my own business, I, I try to always remember that. Um, my, my key learnings are success is a squiggly line. It's not straight. Um, I think a lot of people have seen that graphic. And you know, most things take longer and cost more than you think they're going to do. So have these big, ambitious goals, but also uh, put some reality to them. I see so many athletes uh, that come to me or, or people that want to bring sports tech products to the, uh, to the market. And a lot of times the ideas are good, but their execution and process is just unrealistic. And, and that's why a lot of them don't materialize. So I think... Uh, I think just making sure you surround yourself with a lot of good mentors. Um, you you have plans and you're always pushing the envelope, but you always kind of have a reality check is, is what I could share on that piece. You know, one of the things I would say is that is nice about being with a, a small company, an entrepreneurial company, is the ability to be nimble. Um, some of the problems you see in a Fortune 100, Fortune 500 company is, it's like turning a you know a tanker ship out in the ocean. Um, you, you may see a trend, you may see an opportunity, but by the time you know you get turned around and go a different direction, it may have tweaked again or pivoted again. So one of the things I've enjoyed and one of the things I've acknowledged working um, in a in a smaller tech environment is 
you know, we're, we have the data, we have the analytics, we're out on the front lines talking to our end users, um, in this case, athletic departments. And when we see things change or we say trends or we see the data moving in a different direction or a different trajectory, um, we can be quick and nimble and we can start to evolve the technology in a new way or in a unique um, the fashion that, you know, may, may fit the demands that are, you know, happening upon you now. So, you know, there's no doubt um, there's strengths and weaknesses to, you know, to being a Fortune 500 company. Um, but one of the things in our environment is being able to be nimble and being able to be responsive to the needs of our clients and our athletic departments that we work with is has been invaluable. No, that, that's awesome insights. And I, I would almost ask as a follow-up, what are maybe the, the common threads amongst, you know, working in, in a big environment like you're talking about, Brett, with, with turning the ship slowly versus a nimble one? Um, but what are, what are, I guess, the underlying skill sets that have made this thing successful uh, and, and growing, too? Well, it's all about relationships. Um, it doesn't matter what environment you're in, you know, interpersonal skills and relationships. Um, the difference at a Fortune 100 company is you have to do a lot of internal selling. Um, you may present to one group to get buy-in and then a different business unit to get buy-in, and then you may have to sell to a different group to get budget, and then you have to sell to a different group to activate or to, you know, um, implement um, and so it's you got to have good relationships. You got to have good networking skills. You got to have good inter- interpersonal skills. Um, it's just uh, you know at a company like Athlete Network, when we're you know 90% of our work is interacting with our clients and external, um, we just we just use those skills in a little bit different fashion. But I think um, people that have, find themselves in a successful career path. Um, that have been in multiple different environments, you know, they still have, you know, strong interpersonal skills, the ability to compromise, the ability to listen, and the ability to look at outcomes and goals and, and, and creatively, you know, reach those outcomes. So that's kind of um, it's kind of the way I look at it at this point. Well, and Chris, as you guys continue to grow, how do you – focus on those things that Brett just mentioned, but then also keep, you know, the eye on the sky and, and looking, you know, towards the future at the same time. Yeah, you win with people. Um, I you know the bigger our company is getting, um, the more I value experience and just people that um, are genuine and want to work hard. So, you know, as we get bigger and bigger, every hire becomes more important. Um, and making sure they fit within our culture, which is why we're so excited to get uh, someone. Brett's background is, uh, you know, we didn't we didn't have to teach Brett how to interact with athletic directors. He's been doing it for 20 years. He's taught us a lot. Um, so what I just try to do is go out and find um, the best I can get uh, with people who fit our core values at Athlete Network, um, who realize that, you know, we're trying to, build this big company with this worthy goal of helping the world's athletes and you just got to always be pushing to find the best people available because whether it's sports um business it doesn't matter at the end of the day the only way the goal is going to be achieved is if you have the right people on a team 
And and in terms of finding the right people, maybe from a leadership perspective, speak a little bit about, you know, maybe the process in terms of finding those people or on the other end, you know, if those people are already working in sports but can maybe looking for that next thing, what can they do to better themselves to put them in a position to to ultimately get to that point? It's all about networking. I mean, everyone hears it's not what you know who you know, and it's cliche, but it's true. Um, you know, we we just hired a, another executive leader at Athlete Network that we got through networking with an on platform. Uh, Brett came to us through networking. It's it's always about networking, and every time you meet somebody, you have an opportunity. Uh, to make them a champion of you. And I think most people go about that backwards. They, <clears throat> excuse me, they want to talk about themselves. They're too, they want to sound too interesting instead of being interested in another person. And I think whenever you meet somebody of influence that you know could help you, um, make the conversation about them. Always end the conversation asking what you could do to help them with their goals and then follow up with them um, on those. And if they say, hey, I don't need anything, uh, hey, that's great, would you mind if I stay in touch with you? And when you follow up, follow up with substance, don't just do it, people can read through the kind of uh, in, disingenuous follow-ups. Follow up with something that you know they would find value in or of interest. And then over time, you'll create the circle of an influence that will help you basically get any job you want because they're going to go to bat for you and they're going to open those doors for you. Brett, how have you, you know, I think as we've developed our relationship, you know, you're quite the networker yourself. How have you kind of gone about your process uh, in networking? And I guess let's just relate this to if you're a student athlete and you think back to, to your days as a student athlete, how would you go about it now? Um, and if you wanted to work in sports or work in something associated with sports? You know, that's a great question, and it's so it, it's kind of a softball because I think about that a lot. I understand and value, and, and, and value relationships and networking much more than I did when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. I remember when I was running track at the University of Kansas and, and Jim Ryan – um, famous Miler would come back and run with us, or Cliff Wiley, who was the captain of the 1980 Olympic team, would come back and run with us. Or we would have former athletes that were really, really successful in business that would come back, um, and I would I wouldn't engage with them. I was a little intimidated. Um, you know, I didn't get to know them. They didn't get to know me. I just thought it was cool. Hey, they're you know they're running track practice with us. So in retrospect. You know, taking advantage of, of former track guys that were, you know, coming back and a part of the program, um, just getting to know them, um, you know, having more confidence in the social skills um, would have been nice, um, you know, at the time. So one of the things I could have done and what I would recommend to student athletes is take advantage of the opportunities that are presented to you um, and, and learn from people who made mistakes like myself um, when those arise. And, you know, I know there's the world of, you know, NCAA compliance and who you can talk to and what you can say and how you can help and things like that. But I am certain that everything, um, you know, that I could have done would have been on the up and up. It was just extending a conversation, asking the questions, getting to know somebody a little bit better. It was, you know, it was, it was nothing in the gray area. It was just, you know, kind of, 
networking at an early age before I appreciated it. So I think back all the time about the folks that I was introduced to or had access to that I didn't take advantage of. And if I could implore upon somebody who's in college now, it's to, you know, walk with your eyes wide open and take advantage of of the opportunities that that um, are brought to you when, you know, you're a student athlete. Chris, do you have anything to add on, on your experience similar to Brett's? Yeah, I just would like to add that most successful people want to help others be successful, but you got to ask. And I think Brett hit it right on the nose. It's You've got to be willing to put yourself out there, out there and ask for the help um, and, and offer to help them. And you know, we all have so many opportunities that we weren't even aware of because maybe we were too shy or maybe we thought we were bothering people. But um, that's, one of the, that's one of the common trends among all the successful people I meet is they've all had mentors. They've all been willing to get help um, and, and dream big and share those goals with people who can help them. No, that's those are great insights, and I and I appreciate you guys sharing that. As you know, it's not it's not the easiest thing to be able to look back and and think about what you could have done differently as as you you know go about your career. Uh, I think we all learn something different every day, or at least at least we try and hope to. Um, the last thing would be as you guys you know look look forward to what's next in athletics. What are some things that people can kind of keep an eye out for uh, in terms of trends in, in college athletics, what you guys are trying to do, and try and stay ahead of the curve um, as, as you guys, you know, look to, to build brands and, you know, obviously uh, keep people in, in their own networks? Yeah, you're, you're athletes for sports organizations, Olympic committees, um, when they are gone and not competing anymore, it can be a tremendous asset um, to you from fundraising and recruiting. Uh, you just have to cultivate that pathway by offering them services. And, you know, I think that's, that's what we're bringing to market. That's the trend is, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be done with them. Um, you can keep that continuity. You can have a true cradle to grave approach with them. And if you do, uh, you will you will reap the benefits of that, Brett. Yeah, I think I mean it's it's self-serving a little bit uh, with what I do professionally, but I think you know technology. Um, you know, people have to have to grasp technology. They have to figure out how to leverage it. Um, they have to be able to decipher you know what's beneficial and what's not. Um, you know, and if, if there's a way to, you know, create new revenue streams from that, every athletic department, um, you know, is under strain, um, lack of funding from the state level and, you know, donors may be drying up and, you know, at the, you know, at the smaller schools, um, you know, group of five, you know, division two, things like that, using technology to help create new revenue streams. Um, leveraging the technology and things like that. Um, of course, engaging former athletes, um, you know, with that technology is something that, you know, is one of our goals to help athletic departments do. Um, and so, you know, those are, you know, a couple of things that, you know, grasping technology, understanding it, utilizing it, leveraging it, and then, um, you know, trying to figure out a way to, you know, make it a new revenue stream, think outside the box, you know, um, be creative, 
um, new opportunities um, to benefit from that technology. So, you know, we're we're a little bit drinking the Kool-Aid and inside of our own silo, but um, you know, we really passionately believe in that, and you know, I think that's a big part of where athletic departments are going to go in the future. Well, I appreciate you sharing, and and I really enjoyed um, today's episode talking college athletics, talking student athletes, and kind of where that's all heading. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you took away anything from this, I think, you know, ironically enough, it's it's networking uh, with with you know talking with the guys from Athlete Network, um, and I think, you know, we can all learn that that everyone's, you know, uh, trying to become. Uh, better at what they do every day by creating those relationships with people um, and, and bettering those relationships that can only help. So again, guys, Chris, Brad, appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to having you on in, in the near future again to hear more updates about what you guys are doing at Athlete Network. And stay tuned for our next episode on life in the front office as we get towards the holidays. Uh, tweet at us at Life Front Office and follow us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Good night. <laughs>